You're listening to Behind the Red Shield, a podcast produced by the Salvation Army of Memphis and the Mid-South. I'm your host, Camille Connor. The purpose of this podcast is to go behind the scenes and hear from the people doing the daily work to achieve the Salvation Army's mission, which is to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. In this episode, I sat down with Salvation Army officer Lieutenant Crystal Roddy this past summer. We talked about her move to Memphis earlier this year, as well as her introduction to the Salvation Army Church as a child and the experiences in church that she says influenced her to continue ministering today. Let's get into the episode. Lieutenant Crystal Roddy, thank you for joining us for Behind the Red Shield podcast. How's your day been going so far? My day has been great. Just finished up with VBS um, for day one. So excited, always excited about VBS. I remember- Yeah, I remember those days as a kid going to VBS and everything, and I haven't volunteered as an adult, but how are things with VBS so far this summer? Um, Actually, today is our first day of VBS. It's a week-long thing, Um, but it's been great. The kids are excited, learning new songs, um, wearing me out as usual. I'm like, not as young as I used to be. Listen, I feel that. But um, so, you know, I wanted to ask too about your history with the Salvation Army. Right now, you are a lieutenant. Essentially, you're a minister. You're an ordained minister. And how long have you been with the Memphis Area Command? Actually, I was sent to Memphis in January of 2022. I was one of those wonderful December calls. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. And what people may not realize, I mean, they see us ringing the bell um, outside of stores in the Christmas season, but that's a really busy you know, season for us. So for you to be called here during that time, that's quite a transition, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And I have um, three kids who moved with me. So, well, they're not kids anymore. (laughs) They turned into adults somewhere, but um, (laughs) but three of my, my children moved with me and it, it is an ordeal to be able to like pack, do kettles, Um, just do all of the Christmas season. But again, um, if the need wasn't there, they wouldn't have called me, of course. So, you know, if they called, then they need you. And me, just like whenever I signed up for the Salvation Army to be an officer in the Salvation Army, I'm just like, Lord, wherever you need me, I'll go. So when they call those, you know, of course I said, yes, I'll I'll go. Right. And I mean, even during that time, you know, from 2021 to 2022, that, that winter period, I mean, we we're still going through and seeing the effects of this pandemic. So that need was absolutely there when you were called here. And I mean, since you've been in Memphis, what have you realized about um, the need here and how have you tried to go about uh, meeting that need from the ministry aspect? Oh, that is a, actually a really big question um, because the need is real. And uh, as you know, like just going from one Salvation Army locale to another, the need is different. And so whenever you get here and, you know, I see the population that we are meeting the needs for, you know, we have the, the shelter, we have uh, women who, you know, have been displaced, whole families, like women and their children. And just to see them, you um, 
and I just just share with you, you know, my first Sunday with them and I shared my testimony and they all just, you know, tears and they're just like, I just really needed someone I could connect with. And so I really felt like this here is a place that I can minister because, you know, I've been where these ladies have been. I have had to stay in a shelter for a time in my life whenever I was younger. And, and so for them to see someone who you've been there, but you're here now, you know, because of Jesus, you know, because of what the Lord has done in my life, then, um, so, so that part of the need and, you know, and it's just with the, the pandemic and with jobs and with everything, it's just like, you know, people have this need for shelter. Right. And so, um, you know, and we have, we have waiting lists, you know, because, uh, just, just everything that's happening, you know, rent is skyrocketing, you know, gas prices going up, you know, you think, okay, that affects that, but you know, that affects, that's like this domino effect that affects everybody financially. Um, so we're dealing with not having food, not being able to pay rent, not being able, you know, having to make a choice. Am I going to put gas in the vehicle or am I going to um, buy food? Right. And so we're, we're seeing a lot of that happening right now. Um, so yeah, the need is, the need is great. And you um, mentioned, here. you know, that you have been there before. Could you talk about, you know, your past and your um, need to seek shelter at a difficult time in your life? Well, you know, um, I, I just remember uh, just, you know, just to share with you, even my past with the Salvation Army, it all kind of comes together. And even though it wasn't a shelter with the Salvation Army, at the time, my mom was in an abusive situation. And so because of that, uh, we, you know, she basically like left the household with nothing but the clothes on our back and, you know, the important documents. And that's all we had. And we stayed in a, ho a home for abused women for over a month, you know, until she could uh, find a place. And then whenever she found a place, of course, we had nothing. And, you know, you know where you can go to get that help because, you know, it's Salvation Army. And so we went to the Salvation Army to get um, food and they gave us a voucher for food, gave us a voucher for clothes, a voucher for furniture to, to put furniture in the house, you know, all of that. And then after they had uh, provided all those needs, you know, those physical needs that needed to be met, um, the person at the window asked my mom if she would like to go to church on Sunday. And, you know, my mom, she said yes. And uh, I didn't want to go because, well, you know, we're those poor kids having to have the Salvation Army. And now you're telling me I have to go to church on Sunday. So um, she takes us to church on Sunday and lo and behold, like we were only a block and a half away from the Salvation Army Church. And uh, so we actually walked there um, Sunday mornings and it took me a little bit, but discovered that, well, if I can't, if I have to be here, I might as well enjoy it, right? And then, I mean, just the Lord, really showed himself, you know, and just everything. And the Salvation Army has been a huge part of me growing up in my faith, for one, you know, just experiences that I've been able to experience because I'm a part of the Salvation Army. Like they taught us to play instruments. They took us to camp during the summer. You know, I'm one of those kids who I went to the Salvation Army camp. I was, um, you know, 
youth councils, all of the youth events that we were able to take part of. And eventually, you know, um, I, my first job was bell ringing. So, you know, very much my officer came to me and said, Hey, you want to ring bells? And I said, sure. And so, um, just from that first day of, will you come to church with us? You know, well, well, really just us knowing that you go to the Salvation Army if you need help. And, and from there, just built this relationship to where eventually, you know, I was just, you know, I, I worked, um, actually worked at the food bank for the Salvation Army as a manager for a while there, then became the youth pastor for the church. And then um, eventually, uh, I, I stepped away to become a teacher for a bit, but the Lord like kept calling me to ministry. And I just finally was just like, okay, Lord, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> and so here I am now as an officer. That's amazing. And, you know, we talk about how at the Producer Center of Hope, you know, we have mothers and their children and they're both going through, you know, joint experiences, but they have different experiences too. And I mean, you touched on just you being a child, you just kind of wanting to not have to go to church and things like that. But, you know, once you started going to church and being involved, what was it about that experience that you think, you know, really gave you encouragement from a, a child perspective? From a child's perspective, it was just how the Salvation Army just poured into me as a kid personally, you know, not just me, you know, my whole family. It was like, we went to a place where people just, they loved us and loved on us. You know, there was no, um, no judgment, no, you know, you're part of the family. And so became a part of the Salvation Army family who were just showing me the love of Jesus, showing me their love. And, you know, and eventually, um, you know, I just remember uh, the social worker, the one who actually wrote the voucher for my mom, she actually ended up being like my girl guard leader, who's it's kind of like the Cub Scout program. And I just remember her uh, just taking me everywhere you know, to get all of my badge work done. And she would take me to her home and she would take me to take us to eat. And she would, she just absolutely poured into me as a person and encouraged me to um, be, you know, everything that God has created me to be. And I mean, that was, you know, and was, like I said, it was like that heart to God, hand to man. Here they were just pouring into me. And, and, you know, that was, um, just an amazing experience. You know, some of my fondest memories are of Salvation Army people who have been in my life just each step of the way. And, you know, and and from there, because I was in New Mexico, moved to Richmond. And of course, the first thing we looked up was the Salvation Army, you know, because that that was home. And then stepping into that place and and it's home, you know, it's just like it it's just a big family. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, here you are now, you've had quite the journey. Clearly you like working with children because you were a teacher at one point, a youth pastor at another point. Um, do you feel like your experience as a child is what influenced your career and then your interest in ministry? Absolutely. Um, it was there at the Salvation Army. I was introduced to Jesus. Um, and then I was discipled by people in the Salvation Army, other other core officers um, who discipled 
discipled, poured into me, taught me uh, scripture. And, you know, even at that time as a kid, it was just like, I never in a million years thought that I would ever be an officer because I kind of put them up on this pedestal just because of just how absolutely amazing um, these officers had been in my life, you know? And then uh, whenever I was 14, I had one of my officers tell me, you realize that, you know, God could call you to do this. And I'm just like, no way. And lo and behold, you know, they poured into me to be a leader in the Salvation Army. Like they gave me leadership opportunities. Like at the age of 12, they had me in there teaching a Sunday school class. Um, at the age of 15, they were just like, you want a youth group? We'll put the adults in there, but you get to, um, you get to lead, you know? And so every chance that they got, they put me into leadership roles, you know, as a young person. And of course, you know, just naturally as each of those things built, you know, and becoming a youth pastor and actually um, leaving teaching and then going back to being a youth pastor, um, you know, it, yeah. Uh, I would say that it definitely was um, the people who poured into me as a kid and, you know, shaping that path for me, because it could have been so many other things. <laughs> like to take a moment to let our listeners know about this year's Angel Tree program in Memphis. This year we have over 4,000 angels in our community looking to be adopted and with your help we can make sure each one of them wakes up to gifts on Christmas morning. Head to angeltreememphis.org. There you'll be able to choose a child or senior to adopt. The deadline to send in new unwrapped gifts is December 9th. Thanks to you, they'll be able to experience the magic of Christmas. Let's get back to the episode. People may not know how kind of the system works within the Salvation Army when it comes to officers moving around. So uh, could you kind of walk through that process? You know, you guys from the time from when you get ordained and then you go to different cities within the United States or wherever you're needed. Can you kind of walk through that process for people who may not know how that works? So basically, um, whenever you are called to be an officer, you have to put in the paperwork and you have to go through uh, just this rigorous process um, of being accepted. You go before a board of people who talk to you, ask you questions and stuff. And then you end up at the training college, which, you know, because we are the Salvation Army, it all sounds kind of like just military terms, but that's our uh, that's our seminary. So we go to seminary for two years. Um, and then from there, you actually don't even know where you're going to be sent from there. So we and we, you know, we know what's up. Uh, we agree whenever we become officers that we will go wherever we're needed. And because I was uh, ordained um, as an officer in the Southern Territory, basically, I will stay in the Southern Territory unless, I mean, and of course, it's always, if there's a need, um, they can present to you to go to somewhere else. But for the most part, uh, I'll be in the Southern Territory. Um, and then they send you where you needed. So I was, whenever I was ordained or commissioned is what we call it, uh, I was actually sent to Norfolk, Virginia. So that was my first appointment. And then um, after that, I actually, the moves came out and I was sent to area command of um, the Hampton Roads Area Command, which was still in Norfolk. And then, like I said, in December of 2021, I got the phone call saying that they had a need here in Memphis 
and explained the situation and said, will you go? And, you know, and part of the reason that they even called to say, will you go is because it was a strange move and it would have meant moving my children um, in the middle of the school year. I had one daughter who was actually in public school. And so they did have that courtesy to say, you know, um, this is this is what's up. And I just told him, I said, you know, God has um, always had me. And if this is where he needs me, then he's got my daughter, too. And so then you get that phone call. And then of course uh, you get your move day. Now, usually you are in a place for three to four years, um, some longer, some shorter, like I said, like you really don't know, but on average it's about three to four years. And then uh, in about April, they start making moves. Like they, they look and they see, and you know, all of that process happens way above me. Um, so, um, they know the needs, they, you know, they look at the territory as a whole, where there may be officers retiring, there may be officers resigning, there may be just situations that need to be taken care of, you know, and so they, they usually try to get it all done in April, and then the moves happen in June, and we can be sent basically anywhere in the Southern Territory for the most part, unless there's just an absolute need that you can meet somewhere else. But for the most part, we'll end up in, um, I'll tell you, the Southern Territory is Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, Texas, Florida, um, Virginia, West Virginia, uh, the DC area, I don't know, and Kentucky, Tennessee. So those yeah. are all of the places that we just sent. I want everyone to know that you just said all of those places off the top of your head. You did not read that. <laughs> you just knew that off the top of your head. It was like, no, we know where we can be sent. <laughs> you know, so it's always one of those things. But uh, but no, it's, you know, and like I said, it's, it's, it's a faith walk. You know, if the Lord has called us to it, then, you know, wherever we're needed. And, and that's what I, I say and hold on to firmly is that God knows better than me. Um, you know, even my kids, like they were very distraught, first of all, like, whoa, wait, we're moving out of our division, you know, because they were just like, no. But, and I told them, I said, you know what? The Lord knew whenever he moved me, he was moving y'all too. So calm down. And I'll tell you, it's just this amazing thing that happens because once we got here, um, after about a month here, even my kids were like, you know, mom, this is exactly where we're supposed to be because they are just as much a part of the ministry as I am. They, uh, they are connecting with the kids here, you know, and they're just like, they're connecting, like I have teen boys who are able to connect with the teen boys here. My daughter, who um, one of her first experiences with one of the little ones here with the same name, you know, it was just some connection that they have now with, with the, you know, the families here. And so we're able to just minister together. And what does that really mean? We're, we're just loving on people. We're loving God and loving people. That's so great. And I mean, you mentioned too, the importance of meeting people's, you know, immediate needs, as well as uh, meeting their spiritual needs. And can you talk about some of the ways that we do that here in Memphis? Sure. So this, you know, because I did get here in January, so I probably don't even know the whole scope of everything that is happening here, because it's just an amazing ministry that is going on here. Um, so first of all, like, like that basic need of shelter, food and clothes, you know, that's one of the first things like as 
we have folks who come in, um, the women and their children come in. It's just like that. That's the first thing is like, let's make sure they have clothes. In fact, I just remember a family that had come in right whenever I got here. Um, it was just like everybody pulling from everywhere. Do you have this? Do you have this? We need this, you know, like clothes, shoes, this size, this size. Hey, I think I have some of those here. You know, it was just this amazing, just absolutely amazing to watch everyone just come together to pour into this family and then to see okay so we don't have this you know like like I said so it was like getting the clothes getting the shoes um even something as simple as combing hair you know like like kids who hadn't had their hair combed for a while you have people who are just ready to let's let's give them a hairstyle make them you know and so and I kid you not, like you wouldn't even recognize that family from the moment they came in to today. Like it's it's just this amazing whole new family that you see because all of these physical needs have been met. Um, and then like, I know that we have counseling that is offered here. You know, it's also, you know, like I said, so the physical need, the mental need, um, there, there's counseling that's going on and it's just, just connection. You know, we, we have as humans, like we're, we're made to connect. And so they're able to connect with other people. And then we also, um, as the core, which is my part, the ministry part, we have a Sunday service every Sunday morning here, you know, for, for them. And, you know, we average about 40 um, to 50 people who come for service where we have a worship service. We pray together. Uh, and, you know, the ladies, they'll come and talk to us. And, you know, it's just like being able to, to let them know that, yes, God is here, even in the midst of all of this, you know, God is still here and he's still in control and he loves you, you know, and it's just like taking those steps, um, giving them Bibles, you know, uh, we offer Bible study. Um, and then we have a women's program where we're you know, just fellowshipping, you know, it's just like meeting that, that need of community, uh, and then connecting with the children. And, you know, as you know, we just took, um, 40 some odd children to camp, you know, from here, you know, just so that just another experience that, you know, if they were anywhere else, these are not the kinds of experiences that they have. And it was great because one of our kids was like, I want to go home. I want to go home. But then on the last day, they're like, no, wait, what are you doing? Taking me home. I want to stay. I want to stay, you know, <laughs> so just because they they built those relationships there. Um, so what else do we do here? So like I said, like meeting that physical need and um, that emotional support that you need, like, if you just need to cry with me, let's, let's sit down and cry together, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but it is, it's, it's absolutely amazing to see everything that's happening here in Memphis, um, right here. And, you know, and every day I'm, I'm just amazed at what's, what's next. Like one time we had uh, someone who, a young lady who had adulted in her previous shelter, so she couldn't be there anymore. So she'd come here, but she was in high school and you know, and she wanted to go to prom. She's supposed to have her prom. Well, it's like everybody just came together, like prom dress, you know, makeup, just everything, you know, even those things that, you know, we don't think is a need need, but you know what? She's a young person and yes, she needed that. And just um, to have people rally around her and say, no, we've got you. Um, just amazing experiences yeah. watching all of that take place. Yeah. I mean, just from my perspective too, as someone 
um, that gets to, you know, work at the Purdue Center of Hope and see, you know, women coming in and like seeing them transform over time and become, you know, go from being in a shell to just being a lot more friendly and seeing uh, the, the women who work in social services, you know, they know so much about these women on an individual basis. They know their personalities, they know their needs, they know everything about them and they really build this relationship. And so, yeah, like the prom experience for that young lady who was graduating this year, you know, it's not just about providing a place for someone to lay their head or providing food for them, but, you know, trying to really um, give them these life experiences too that they can remember down the line. And it's like, you never know what they'll do in their lives, but you do hope that you can help them have those kinds of memories and experiences to, to lean back on. It's really great because um, you see that and you watch, sometimes you have the ability to see it full circle. There, as I was stepping through the building today, you know, working on VBS, running back and forth, but um, someone was at the front desk and I was stopped and they said, Lieutenant, I want to introduce you to someone. And they told me, they're just like, this is a person who graduated the program here, who finished the program here. And I'm just like, what? Well, hello, you know, and, and talking. And then for her, she said, I just, I just want you to know the Salvation Army saved my life you know, and she was just telling me just how wonderful she was doing right now. And her, her son, she said, like, not only did you change my life, but you changed my kids' lives. They were D's, making D's and F's in school, but they came here. And that's another part. We have a very um, youth center that, that tutors kids, that um, helps them through their homework and, and does all of that. And she's just like, and now one of them is a manager here. And one of them is, is doing this and you know and just to to see that and you're just like and and that's amazing and that that's what we do you know it's not about um meeting this just these basic needs you know it, it, it's about meeting the need of the whole person you know and and just watching them and then being able to see some of them come back just to say thank you you know y'all y'all really saved my life and you know, I'm just like, it wasn't us, it was God working through us, it's me, you know, because <laughs> that's, that's why we do what we do, but yeah, it's, it's amazing here. Yeah, and just so people know, um, our Sunday services aren't just for um, the women and children that are staying in our shelters, it's open to the public, right? Right, and actually, um, it is open, but more what we have here is like, that's the place where the ladies who have left here, they come back and join us for worship. And so that's, it's just a beautiful thing to watch them um, and to see them choose this place as their place of worship, because, you know, this is, they met God here, right? Um, so it, it's just, it is, it's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Um, if people want to go to a Sunday service, what should they know? Uh, that it starts at 10 a.m. It's um, from 10 to 11, um, and we are here uh, every Sunday. So yeah. awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Lieutenant Roddy. And I just want to say that I hope that uh, Vacation Bible School goes well. <laughs> Ooh, <yes. laughs> I know those kids are probably excited for all that's to come. So oh, yeah. good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. And thank you for having me talk to you today. That 
wraps up this week's episode of Behind the Red Shield. If you'd like to learn more about the Salvation Army of Memphis and the Mid-South, you can head to our website at SalvationArmyMemphis.org. There, you'll also find ways to get involved. We have several volunteer opportunities this holiday season, and you can sign up to be an Angel Tree volunteer or a bell ringer for our Red Kettle campaign. All the info is on our volunteer page. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Salvation Army Memphis. Don't forget to join us next week for a brand new episode. You can find it by subscribing to our Salvation Army Memphis YouTube page or subscribing to Behind the Red Shield on iTunes Podcast or Spotify. Thanks for listening.